0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chaplin Talks with me, your host, Spencer Chaplin. I talk today with multi Grammy Award nominee and violinist Philippe Quint about his album Chaplin's Smile, which is out now on all platforms. So, without further ado, please welcome Philippe Quint. Okay, so Mr. Philippe Quint, thank you very much for coming on Chaplain Talks. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How about yourself?
0: Yes, all good, all good. Just uh, trying to stay busy.
1: Very important, very important to stay active and to stay positive.
0: Yeah. What have you What have you been doing? Uh, keeping busy or uh, like in these times? Uh,
1: you know, I mean, each week is different, I guess. Uh, you know, going through uh, different stages, you know, some days are very busy and very active. And of course, mostly that means being on Zoom, doing uh, you know, all sorts of uh, weird projects. And I think probably the weirdest of all is performing for my iPhone.
0: And especially you, you're so, you, I mean, you've performed around the world, you know, you, do you have any memorable like experiences from any of your performances, any
1: favorite memories? uh i guess you know just too too many honestly too many you know like a lot of a lot of special performances last year i would have to say 2019 was such a great year mm. uh you know it, my uh, debut in moscow which is my uh, homeland essentially i left mm. when i was a kid yeah oh so coming back to moscow performing with the best orchestra with one of the Great uh, legendary musicians, Vladimir Spivakov, who conducted my concert. Uh, you know, I played Brahms concerto. Yeah. That was incredibly special. And then, of course, you know, uh, our concert with you was also unbelievably special. This was a new debut, debut of the Charlie Chaplin smile. Well, yes, exactly. Awesome with you narrating you know so that that was unbelievably special. You know? I, can tell
0: you, I can tell you for me that was probably my highlight of the of the year you know uh, was getting in front and, and and speaking in front of all those people was uh, for the first time. Please welcome back to the stage Philippe Quint to perform Tango Bittedness from 1947's Monsieur Verdoux.
1: Get to do it again! Oh my I god!
0: <laughs> I know there's a lot of things so, to do.
1: I don't want to do this show on Zoom. I was asked. <laughs> I was actually asked if I could do the entire Charlie Chaplin smile show. Really? And, and I'm I'm contemplating. I'm trying to figure out if there's a way.
0: <laughs> so uh, okay, let's let's do this. So obviously, you, as you mentioned, you come from Moscow. Yeah. So how old were you when you left? Like, so what's your story?
1: Uh, what's my story? Uh, I left the uh, Soviet Union in '91, So this is right before the collapse of what's uh, like called uh, Iron Curtain. Uh, literally a few months before that I was able to leave. And uh, I guess the main reason to leave was uh, to study at the Juilliard School in New York. You know, that was my dream, childhood dream even. And and I literally went to audition for my future teacher uh, three days after I arrived to New York, and and I immediately was accepted. And basically, you know, that's you know that's how my life in America uh, began.
0: And uh, why why classical music?
1: Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost an honest uh, answer, almost. Uh, the reason being is you know i didn't really have a choice um when i you know when i grew up you know my uh my mother played the piano but she was a popular music composer and my uncle played the cello and i i sort of grew up with my grandparents and they had this idea that they wanted to put together a family trio Mm. so naturally i had to become a violinist (laughs) and uh and I think, you know, uh, in a Soviet society or Russian society, classical music is uh, an integral part of uh, a lot of people's education. You know, so you, you, you grew up in that environment, you know. So, you know, it was a sort of, I guess, uh, pretty natural for me to become a classical violinist, except that I didn't know that. I wanted to become anything but a violinist. I'll be honest with you. My grandparents, <laughs> I mean, Spencer, <laughs> My grandparents gave me they gave me a violin uh, at the age of 4 and I was convinced it was uh, a new toy that I was going to play with okay break it and move on to the next one <laughs> oh, <I> <laughs> they didn't let me do that
0: <laughs> that's so funny yeah well thank god because I mean it, obviously I've seen you play and I've been a part of the shows I, I, I don't think I've seen someone with as much emotion when you play, you know, like you feel it when you play. Oh, I
1: appreciate it, Spencer, very much, you know, but it took time. It mm-hmm. took time to fall in love with the craft, you know. I didn't feel that I had such a natural progression, you know, like I, I feel that I was a child of a pressure, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I believe I had a break point when I was 13. You know, at 13, it was it I remember that moment when I had some really good performance and I felt I should keep going.
0: it's 10,000 hours of practice right before you master any...
1: yeah probably more. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: what they say I guess if you put in your 10,000 hours then you're yeah. good at what you do. so, uh, no, so, so this brings us on to... Uh, so we were talking about your, uh, your album Charlie Chaplin's smile yeah. which is out. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean how did you come across his music? well um, as you know I have a very long answer uh-huh. And I, go, go I, should prob- I should probably save the long answer okay. for the four-hour broadcast, the next <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, the short version is that I was looking for a project about four four years ago now. I mean, 2016, I remember, is when it started. Uh, I was putting together um, just a new concept. I was trying to figure out where... I want to go with a recording career because at that point I already had maybe 16 commercial albums. And, and this was mostly standard classical repertoire. And I wanted to do something original. Mm-hmm. So in any case, uh, I was on uh, YouTube, just surfing, looking for new music, new ideas. Yeah. And, and I stumbled across SMILE. And I listened to the song, and I thought to myself, "Well, that that would be great. Let's let's see who wrote it." <laughs> and I see Charlie Chaplin, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, surely it's a mistake. He's probably credited as a director of the film where this music was." And I knew the song for ages, like everyone else. Yeah. You know, you know, you, I've heard versions of Michael Jackson. I think, uh, Tony oh, Ben, Nat King Cole. Exactly. Uh, exactly. I mean, the whole, I mean, Placido Domingo has a version, I think, as well. So, you know, it's probably one of the most famous iconic songs we have. And when I saw Charlie Chaplin, I started to do some digging. And sure enough, I don't see anyone else credited for the music <laughs> except for Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. So at that point, the light bulb still didn't go off. <laughs> I just thought to myself, yeah. why don't I just sort of, you know, I started fiddling around with the song. I was like, oh, you know, I should do this, I should do this, you know. And then uh, a few days later, while you know youtube has this crazy function that you know you look at one thing and then it throws you the algorithms bring you to everything else by this person or anything that's related to that person so i was thrown into the soundtrack of limelight uh wow yeah okay and and that was just the original soundtrack and i heard this glorious terry theme you know And I was like, oh my God, what a glorious melody. It would sound fantastic on violin. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I can attest that any violinist in the world will say that everything sounds better on violin. <laughs> 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 so I'm, I'm okay. of the same mind. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, well, I need to do an arrangement of this. Let's see who wrote it. And I see Charlie Chaplin. That's when I had, that was an aha moment. Okay, you know, when I thought to myself, "Oh, d- did he write anything else?" and that's when you know I started doing a much uh, more extensive research on the web, yeah. and I came across hundreds of songs from his films. Oh, so many, right? Like, oh my God! You know, it was like it was like opening a treasure chest. It's yeah. like, oh, <gasps> oh, you know, like this is unbelievable. You know, and like so many beautiful tunes, so many beautiful melodies. And this is how I started to discover Chaplin, basically. You Mm -hmm. know, I grew up on his films in Soviet Union. I had no idea about the man behind. I knew nothing, honestly. I knew absolutely nothing. So the journey began, and this is where I'm going to, you know, cut it short. Otherwise, you know, we're (laughs) going to spend so much time on this. Um, Basically, uh, two years later, we had 13 original arrangements of Thirteen songs that mm-hmm. I love the most. Uh, then, when I had to do a promotional tour for Warner Label, I thought to myself, "Let's make it interesting." How did he get inspired? Like, how did he start writing music? And of course, it was everything was in his uh, my autobiography. Yeah all the incredible stories of his collaborations and encounters with Rachmaninoff.
0: And then not only that, but considering he didn't know how to read or write music really. Uh... It's,
1: a, it's a really a fascinating process, you know, because that, you know, me cl- being classically uh, trained, I was always, always under the assum- assumption that you can only call yourself a composer, If you've studied it, you know, I mean, you know, I thought to myself, if I can make a rhyme, does this make me a poet? If I can uh, draw something on a piece of paper, does this make me a painter? You know, but, but, you know, when it comes to composing, it's not all, you know, it's not all the same. And the one thing about your grandfather is his instincts were second to none. I mean... That was, that was his biggest strength and asset when it came to films, mm-hmm. uh, to producing them, to writing them. He had, you know, aside from the fact, of course, that he was a brilliant man, but also it was his instinct that enabled him to produce this incredible um, amount of great films, but also with the music he had that great instinct and I mean imagine somebody that has no training in music comes up to a professional arranger and composer and says I don't like what you did here, look there are too many notes, it's this, this place looks too dark you have to reduce the amount of uh, instruments Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these were his comments
0: you know and he was he was obviously known to be he he knew exactly what he wanted and he wasn't afraid to let anyone know i guess you know
1: yeah it's Which, fascinating it's yeah, really it's
0: a, great. amazing story and so another thing with the live show the one thing that really sticks out in my mind more when we did the thing in in germany the the concert in germany was when uh so when you played to the jewish barber scene and The Great Dictator. So you're playing, you're playing it live with the orchestra and there's a scene in the background and obviously it's a very complicated scene.
1: This is, uh, I would say, the funnest part of the show, but yeah. also the most challenging because uh, I would have to say that it was probably easier for Charlie to choreograph the music of Johannes Brahms, Hungarian, than for me, to take out the original soundtrack and to try to match the choreography that he created to the music. Yeah. This is a third generation, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so basically, what I had to do is, I mean, talk about ten thousand hours of practice. They probably all went into this five-minute piece. <laughs> 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 okay. You know, uh, I must have played with this clip hundreds and hundreds of times you know just to try to match because what i love about the clip is that he really micromanages the entire scene note by note second by second
0: you could have just done a much easier scene but trust you to charge to choose the the hardest scene out there
1: yeah it's absolutely true yeah because i you know i found you know i found the scene to be hilarious yeah. and i a great it seemed scene. to be absolutely you know fascinating because of the such a well thought out choreography which is you know what he had everywhere for one night only ladies and gentlemen do
0: not try this at home
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's no surprise that when he met Claude Debussy, uh, one of the first things that Debussy said, you're not only a great actor, but you're also a great dancer.
0: And not only is it obviously my grandfather's music, you also stick a little bit of, you, you know, Gershwin or, or Stravinsky. So it's a little bit of a mixture, and I really like that. And I love the fact that it sticks to his music. Well,
1: it's, you know, it's important to indicate how someone who, as you said, no musical training, was able to create so much incredible music. Yeah. So, you know, for me this is the sh- the whole show is about his influences, you know, and of course I also touch up on his personal life because mm-hmm. for you know, if I was to talk about Beethoven and Brahms and Bach or Mozart, I would always dig into their personal life because what was happening in their life was always on a page <laughs> in their music and for yeah. Chaplin this was no different
0: so uh okay how would you if you had to describe charlie chaplin to a younger audience that hasn't maybe never seen him before how would you describe him to so, to to someone
1: i think way. you know it's it's actually it's not really difficult i mean yes it is and it's not okay uh, probably uh the simplest way of saying is that it's one of the world's greatest miracles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think you're being very kind there.
1: <laughs> uh, but it, it really is, you know, because uh, he was a revolutionary. He was in the beginning of filmmaking. Uh, you know, think about it. I mean, the
0: filmmaking wouldn't be the same if it wasn't for what he did back then as well.
1: Absolutely. This was, you know, so I'm not really exaggerating when I'm saying that this is probably one of the world's greatest miracles because here's somebody that transformed a certain part of the world. You know, in his case, it was the world of cinema. And, you know, to this day, you know, there are some people that really feel that his films and the films of the silent era are still the best.
0: Check out Charlie Chaplin's Smile as well. What is it? It's on Spotify and iTunes? All that kind of stuff?
1: No, all all the platforms. Yeah, it's called... Chaplin's smile on Warner Warner label,
0: yeah. No, so thank you so much for coming on, though.
1: Thank you, Spencer. Great to see you.
0: It's really, nice to see you. I hope we get to catch up uh, very soon at some point. You know, when this is all over.
1: I hope so too. I'm sure it's it's gonna happen.
0: Have a good day. Yeah. Huh?
1: Take care. Bye. You too.
0: Bye. 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 Cheers.